What's up, everybody? Welcome to a Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio, which is for today. Tomorrow's a different story. We'll get into that in a little bit. John Harris alongside the voice of the Texans, Mark Vandermeer. Mark, it's good to see you again. How you doing? Johnny, I'm doing great. And uh, the business office here, not the ticket office, but the business office was uh, kind of shut down for a week. Yeah. I know we had radio all week long, and we had some best of type stuff, some other type stuff. So that was a fun week. But we're back here, and I can't wait because it's only two weeks from Wednesday when training camp begins. Players report two weeks from tomorrow. How about that? Two weeks from tomorrow, they report 26th, first day. We will kick off our training camp coverage, as we always do for the first two weeks, leading up to the preseason game against the New England Patriots. So you get Mark and I in the morning from 8 to 10, and then we got 6 to 7. So in the morning, we kind of preview things from practice. At night, we kind of break down what we saw at practice. And there's another wrinkle this year. And there's another wrinkle. How A about big this? wrinkle. Okay. If anybody's coming to Texans training camp for the first time ever, you can hang out with Johnny and I in the stands because yeah. that's where we're broadcasting from. Now, we have a broadcast area. Right. There will be some shielding, but, <laughs> but we could still fist bump and say hi during commercial breaks and things like that, and we'll hear your cheers, and we'll all watch training camp together and be on the air live. And the Sports Radio 610 guys, it applies to them too, whether they like it or not. Seth and Sean, and then Landry and Lopez right after us. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be fun when you're amongst the people. It'll be kind of like the draft in some sense, although you can get a little bit closer to us than the draft. But I don't know how many conversations I had with people from the draft because when you left Miller Outdoor Theater, you'd have to you'd have to roll by us. Yep. where our radio uh, booth was set up, so you had to roll by us. So as people are rolling out and they're, they're looking at me, they're like, thumbs up, thumbs down, what do you think? And they obviously wanted to know what was happening in their draft. Now you get to do that during training camp. So that's, uh, that's kind of cool. Um, there, were some, there were some stories. I don't know if they're huge stories, but Florio tried to make one out of, this, out of the uh, Michael Rubin's white party. Did you see this? Oh, yeah. And CJ. See, CJ got invited to this thing? Yeah, you know that's how I found wild. out about this thing? Why? My 17-year-old son, my <laughs> one-man focus group at home yep. of social media and digital media, said, Dad, who's this Michael Rubin guy? Yeah. He's having this party. Yeah. This is awesome. So that was interesting to follow along. We'd play – Seth and I – I was on with Seth last week uh, from 6 to 10, Seth Payne in the morning, so make sure you check, uh, check them out on Sports Radio 610. We talked about that for a while. And I saw some of the videos from this white party. One video that got me was this. Now, I don't wear a watch anymore. I used to be, I had to wear a watch. And then, of course, the phone came around. I'm like, eh, you know, I think I can do without the watch. There was a video that popped up of the watches that individuals were wearing at this white party. Oh, my gosh. Coffee tables. I mean, Jay-Z had the coolest looking watch. I mean, it had kind of a retro feel. It's like, oh, this is cool. $7.8 $7.8 million on his wrist. Oh, that's a little, a vintage that's a little much. Patek, Patek Philippe. Oh, yeah. Vintage, $7.8 million. Like, you could buy a house in the Hollywood Hills. Oh, yeah. A couple of them for that, what he had on his wrist. There's, It was incredible to see the money and the people. I always, with, with things like that, I'm always curious to see when athletes and entertainers influencers, whatever you want to call everybody, when they all get together, like, who's all there? And you're seeing Kim Kardashian. She's apparently hanging out with Tom Brady. OBJ was there. James Harden was there. And, of course, C.J. Stroud was there as well, so that was pretty cool. 
Yeah, he's got some good company, and he's very humble still, all yes. right? I know he's able to associate with that crowd, but he's putting everything in the proper perspective. I like seeing the stories about he and the other guys working at, at the University of Houston and wherever else they're working right. out. The Tank Dell videos, oh. those, it's funny because the difference in workout video between, say, a J.J. Watt back in the day <laughs> and a Tank Dell. Yeah. You know, a Tank Dell, it's all coordination drills. Yeah. It's super cool. It's right. like Cirque du Soleil juggling combined with football coordination stuff. J.J. Watt jumping on stacks of things and pushing heavy things around. And you don't see Tank doing too much of that stuff in his workout videos, but they're both important in their own way, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Uh, those videos are pretty cool. And by the way, we we had the discussion. There was a discussion that went on upstairs, and they were talking about Tank Dell. And you know, I, I a lot of times I talk draft terms. Oh, he gets out of his cuts, you know, really well. Changes direction, this and that. And so they were like, "What does it mean to get in and out of your cuts well?" I was like, "Yeah, well, all right, I'll write something up and see." So if you mm -hmm. want to know what that means. You've heard me say those things about Tank Dell? Well, go check it out, HoustonTexans.com, and check out that article. And I compared it to playing a game of tag, so you can go check out the rest of it uh, at HoustonTexans.com. I got something planned, but this just popped up on my Twitter feed uh, today. And I know the, the – I know the uh, – the – what do you call the trailer? Uh, it was probably about two or three weeks ago. How do you think this Netflix – NFL film show called Quarterback is going to be. Are you excited for that? Yeah, I think it'll be great. I it's can't Patrick wait. Mahomes. For those that don't know, it's Patrick yeah. Mahomes, Marcus Mariota, Kirk Cousins. Mm -hmm. They followed them like hard knocks yep. throughout the entire 2022 season, which and obviously they're all very different. Right. You think it's going to be good? I do think it's going to be good. I think the access they get. Look, they'll never show because these guys have. I don't want to say final cut, but they have approval right, to right. knock things out that are picked up when the cameras are following them behind the scenes of whatever, right. they have the ability to knock things out. And certain podcasts, I think many are like this as well. You know, I listen to the smart list guys, and they say they give their guests the right to cut things out if they want because that means other guests will feel more comfortable coming on. Right. And you'll still get a great podcast. You'll still get a great show here with the quarterback. So I think it'll be fine. The stuff you will see will be at least as good as Hard Knocks, if not better. And it almost needs to be better, Johnny, on Netflix, the way they have this thing set up. Yeah. By the way, have you ever mentioned Smartless to me? Yes, I have. Really? Have, yeah. I, not just been, have I not been paying attention? Because when I went out of town a couple of weeks ago uh, for my mother-in-law's funeral, my, my brother-in-law told my wife about Smartless. Yeah. Ha I had no idea. These guys started it during the pandemic. It's Jason Bateman. Will Arnett, right. who I knew but I didn't know well, and Sean Sean Hayes, Sean Hayes from Will and Grace. He's yeah, he's the zany guy in Will and right. Will and Grace, the 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 foil. All right, right. The, the, the foil. I mean, it, every sitcom. <laughs> he's the Kramer. Uh, yeah, of he's, sorts. He he's fantastic. When you think about Will and Grace, you think about him and his relationship with Megan Mullally, uh, who played. Uh, I can't remember. I can't Karen, whatever. I didn't um, watch the show much. It. I didn't watch a ton of it. But a lot of times I watch it for him. But these guys are all brilliant. great friends, They're Johnny, brilliant. and yeah. they get excellent guests, yeah. and they know them all well, it feels. Not yeah. every single one, right. but they started it during the pandemic, and year one it was one after another, and – they're getting Ryan Reynolds and Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston, and it just goes on and on. And the whole premise is one person gets to guess the other two aren't supposed to know. Yeah. But then on the HBO, have you seen the HBO? No. Or on Max, whatever. 
they went on tour. They filmed the whole thing in black and white, and they went on they tour. They talked about doing this. I haven't seen the results. They, they went on tour. So that's what we watched. We didn't even listen to the podcast. We watched that and watched the whole tour. And they had, they had some tremendous guests. And then they, yeah. would have little, they would have little pop-ins, which is very, very cool. So, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. I don't know. I, you probably said that I have not picked up on it. And my brother-in-law told my wife, and my wife was like, oh, let's check this out. So as we were driving back from North Carolina, we actually put it on. Yeah. And we were, I was driving, so I wasn't really watching, but I was driving and listening. And it was, it was, it's hilarious. Jason Bateman to me, the more I think about Jason Bateman, the more I think he might be the most talented actor there is. Just He's so funny. Incredibly talented. Can do any part. Anything. And, yeah. And he, I like the path of his career because he really kind of bottomed out for a long time yep. after playing Teen Wolf 2 <laughs> and on the TV show and it looked like his sister when he when they were both kids was going to be the big right. star right but he emerged very late and awesome awesome chemistry collaborated with just about everyone he's with I mean it just feels like he fits into anything yeah absolutely okay speaking of fitting in all right today it's time for over unders as my voice all right cries. let's go okay I've come up with a few, and we'll, we'll get a few in this segment, and we'll, we'll try and finish it with the next segment. All right. Number one, over-under. I'm going to give you the number okay. category, and then you tell me over-under and explain. Okay. Throughout his career, I should say, let's go to the last three years of his in Dallas. The last three years in Dallas, Dalton Schultz caught 63 Passes, 78 passes in 2021, 57 passes last year. I am putting Dalton Schultz, New Texans tight ends, over under catches in 2023 at a strong 65. Will you go over under 65 catches in 2023 for Dalton Schultz? Now, if you're doing a little bit of math, as you kind of think through your answer, 68 catches if he played all 17 games would be four receptions a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. about four receptions a game. That's what I'm asking you. Does Dalton Schultz get over that or under the 65? Why or why not? Mark Vandermeer, I think go. You, you put the number at the right spot. Yeah. If he's healthy, it's right about there. And as I think aloud through this, they have an ensemble at receiver. We don't know if Nico's going to stay healthy. Nico, I think, is going to catch a lot of balls this year. I think Tank Dell is actually going to be a big factor this year. Robert Woods. But having said all that, Dalton Schultz, a healthy Dalton Schultz, might just be the team's leading receiver this year. That could possibly happen yes, it could. this year. I'm going to go over. I'm going to roll the dice and go going over. over 65. Going over Dalton 65. Schultz. Yeah, I think he's going to be a quarterback's best friend. Uh, I don't think they're going to throw the ball a ton. That doesn't mean they're going to be three yards in a cloud of dust sure. team. It just means I don't think they're going to be one of the more prolific passing attacks in the NFL. Prolific, by the way, means the big numbers, folks. Many numbers. That doesn't mean they're not productive. I think they'll be very productive when they throw the ball. That's a that's a great uh, declaration. I'm glad you, you said that. I think it's over 65. I think I was talking to, to Seth about this last week as well. We were talking about you know, CJ's growth as a quarterback. And so I was telling the story about how at OTAs, I think it actually was minicamp because this is the last week. And CJ supposed to read a route that, that Schultz was running. It looks like an option route. So Dalton has the opportunity to turn in or turn out, essentially. Schultz turned in because he read the defensive back in one spot. 
C.J. read him in a different spot. C.J. threw an interception to that defensive back. And when the play was over, they started to kind of look at each other, and they're kind of walking towards one another. And you can see they're both kind of using their hands to describe what was happening. And after about 25, 30 seconds of that, you can see C.J. kind of tap his chest like, okay, that was, that was on me, that was on me. Fast forward to the end of that practice, they're doing a situational drill, and they get the ball down to about the 20-yard line or so. And Schultz runs a route down the seam, and it's one of those if the linebacker kind of sits, he goes behind him. If the linebacker drops too far, he curls up in front of him. So, again, it's another route in which C.J.'s got to read it the same way Dalton does. Dalton turns perfectly. C.J. rips one, catch it, touchdown. Great way to end uh, mini camps at that point, that mini camp at that point. So the thought with it was that they're, they're growing with one another. Yeah. And, I mean, he does that. You know, C.J. did that with a lot of the receivers as well. But there were a number of times he was doing that with Dalton Schultz. And I thought, hmm, this is interesting. And also, if you're a young quarterback, you're looking for that outlet too. And I guarantee you Dalton Schultz will catch five passes this year where he's supposed to be blocking and things break down and he just kind of turns around and C.J. throws it to him. You know, those kind of plays where he's blocking, he's supposed to be blocking, and then all of a sudden things are kind of – and Stroud's trying to get loose and he just sees Dalton and he throws it to him. He'll have five catches like that this year just for that reason alone. So I'm going to go over 65 for Dalton Schultz. I would say barely, though. By the way, did you see that somebody posted a C.J. Stroud running highlight video this weekend? Just his runs at Ohio State. Yeah, there's just some good to ones. say that, hey, people think he's just a pocket passer. Right. It's so funny on this day and age you have to prove your quarterback's a good runner. <laughs> right, right. Wait, can he run? Right. You know, just a few years ago it was, wait, he relies too much on the run. And some guys probably still do that. He certainly doesn't rely too much on the run. But he can rip it downfield with his legs. He yeah. can get downfield in a hurry and read on his way doing it. I'm excited about that component of his game. And to your point about Schultz, the opposite of that, opposite, the contrast would be Dell, right? Yeah. Because if you're back in the pocket and things are breaking down to see big Dalton Schultz down there has got to be a big relief. You've got to know that Dell is where you think he's going to be and all of that. And they're both rookies. I think they'll develop that chemistry. We've seen bits of it already in OTAs, and they're still working together right now during the period between minicamp and training camp. So I'm excited to see that, but it's going to be a different kind of deal. His catches will be fewer, but they will be electric to watch. Yeah, I think so. Uh, there's there's no doubt. We'll get the tank down a little bit. Okay, we'll stay with the offense here. Mm-hmm. Last year, Damian Pierce ran, 900, ran for 939 yards in 13 games. He had four touchdowns. We know he had the 75-yarder against the Chargers. He had a couple of longer runs uh, against the Giants, and he had them against the Eagles. Those counterbalanced the days against the Commanders where he didn't have much. He got body slammed in that game, et cetera. He ended up running for 4.3 yards per attempt. Mm. Now, I almost did this with Dalton Schultz. But I'm going to do it here. I'm going to do it on average, just in just in case Damian gets banged up a little okay. bit. Damian Pierce over under yards per carry. I'm going to go up on his average from last year. The over under is four. Or the over under number is four point four yards per carry. He's four point three last year. Four point four yards per carry. Now I know you look at it and go, "Come on, a tenth of a yard." That's a pretty big increase when you're talking about the NFL. No, that is. It's a, it's a pretty decent-sized increase. So you go over that, you're thinking, okay, he's got to get to four and a half. That's, that's two-tenths of a yard. That's more significant than you would think. So, Mark, 
Damian Pierce over under yards per carry in 2023, 4.4 yards per carry. I'm going to go over. I'm okay. doing it again, Johnny. Okay. Let's go over 4.3. And as I look at the 2022 rushing numbers right here, yeah, you mentioned Pierce at 4.3. And then you look at who got 4.4? Deontay Foreman, 4.5. I'm just reading names yeah, yeah. Off, off the list here and not in any particular order. Our buddy Devin Singletary, who's on this football team, 4.6 yards per carry, but had fewer yards than right. Pierce. I don't think it's a lot to ask for. I think last year he had to fight for everything he could possibly get. All right. He was on pace to get over 1,000 yards. We talked about how you had more 1,000-yard rushers last year than you had in the previous two years, almost combined, I think. So that is a factor as well. When you look at what he was able to do as a rookie behind that line, which wasn't a bad line, right. but we had some injury issues in there mixed in. And I think this scheme, this situation, better. I think the average will be a little bit higher. Again, it's just like the Schultz answer for me. Not by much, maybe 4.5, but I'll take it. And let's see, who's the highest yard average per carry guy? Or just a couple of them. Aaron Jones, 5.3. Tony Pollard, 5.2. My mm. goodness. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, underrated back. Five yards per carry over 1,000 yards. Nice season for him in New England. No, it's interesting. I put Ramondre Stevenson in my Harris 100 uh, back when he was coming out of the draft. And I remember there were, there were a lot of people that kind of that scoffed at that a little bit. I'm like, just... You like LeGarrette Blunt, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think you'll like this guy. I think the Patriots are finding they like him. I think 4.4 is right at it. I mean, that's kind of why I picked the number. Um, I think, I mean, 4.3 to 4.5, I mean, I, I can I can live with that. I, I hope he goes over. I think he's going to go over. I think this run game is going to be that much better. And it's yards per carry. I'm not saying, you know, he's going to get 1,500 yards, but I just think he's going to be more effective uh, on the ground this year. I think the scheme will help him. I think the offensive line will help him. I think his experience will help him. I think the presence of CJ will help uh, as well. Our quarterback's throwing the ball a little bit better. So I think uh, I would go under as All well. those backs they had in San Francisco all. that were all productive. It felt like Denver 2.0. Remember in Denver right. when no matter who you threw in there, they were going to get 1,000 yards plus, yep. right? Back in the day when Kubiak was the offensive coordinator in that era of Broncos right. football. Right. That's what the 49ers have felt like. Maybe not 1,000-yard guys, but productive guys, whether oh. it's Mostert or Wilson or whoever. Last week, um, his name is Syed. God, what's his first name? Syed. Um, Sean Syed. He goes by Syed Schemes on Twitter. He wrote an article for Sumer Sports, and he broke down the 49ers run game like Ooh. in detail. I mean, this is like, you know, I mean, you you see the things that I write. This yeah. is like that. But it's got videos. It's got um, like playbook screen caps of what they call the plays, what the responsibilities are. It's phenomenal. And it's mostly the run game. But then they get down to the play action at the bottom. But it's got film clips. It's got playbook uh, uh, screen caps. Over the last few years or just last year? Uh, over the last probably couple of years, I guess. But of the Kyle Shanahan right. offense, which – so I'm looking at it going, okay, that looks familiar. I saw mm. some of that in, 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 in OTAs in mini camp. Yeah. But we talked about it a little bit. Um, I can't wait to see this play. Trio left nasty, wide right, 18 whiz. It's a great play call. I love that. So I always love play calls, trying to figure out what everything – 
what everything actually trio left. That's three wide receivers uh, to the left side or three receivers. Uh, no, no, here it is. Trio left. Yep, it's a exactly three wide receivers. Okay, nasty wide right. Uh, that is a uh, a nasty receiver like a, like Ayuk a <laughs> or somebody or Debo. <laughs> Who kid? Who's lined up to the right side, and they're gonna dump it to him somehow? Go ahead, go ahead. Okay, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah. Nasty wide right. Eighteen. Which direction would eighteen be? Left or right? That would be right. Okay, it's right. Even. Very good. Okay. Uh, and Wiz. Wiz is the play call. Uh, Wiz would be. <laughs> <laughs> Wiz would have nothing to do with Ontario Smith. You gotta right. be a little older to right. get that joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wiz would have nothing to do with him. But I'm glad you said that. I think it's a slight quarterback rollout or something like that. Yeah, it's basically a split zone play. All right. Split zone. So you 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 got it. You got it. But yeah, the trio left is triple or is three wide receivers to the left. The Y comes in motion. He then splits back the other way as they run outside zone to the right or run zone to the right. So uh yeah, but anyways, this this whole this whole thing is it, I mean, it's incredible. We were talking about that last week and as I as I was Going over with it, with Seth, all I could think about was Damian Pierce. I kept thinking about, ooh, this could get this could get really really fun. All right, we got to flip it over to defense. So we're gonna do that after the break. Jalen Petrie, edge rushers, mm. rookies, okay, and of course a rookie quarterback. So we got to do all that over under. We'll do that next right here on Texans All Access. Welcome back to this Monday edition of Texans All Access. John Harris alongside Mark Vandermeer. And we will be out at BMW The Woodlands tomorrow night, live 6 to 7. Live. Chester Pitt's going to be out there, Texans cheerleaders. Uh, I have, I've been saying this all last week, Mark, that when we're on remote, you're sort of like a Texan Santa Claus. You're just <laughs> handing stuff out to everybody. Oh, yeah. You want tickets to the game? We've got them. You want training camp tickets? We got them. You want HEB gift cards? We got them. And Mark will be giving them to you uh, like a Texan Santa Claus. So that is tomorrow. Got tickets. Got training camp tickets. Got HEB gift cards. Got other stuff from yep. BMW of the Woodlands and Chester, Johnny, as you know. But I find myself explaining this to a lot of the young people who work here right. who weren't around in right. the beginning. Some of them were barely born when the Texans began play. That I was explaining to somebody today, opening night. So who'd they play? Dallas. Did <laughs> oh, they win? No. Yes. Somebody works here. No, but it's okay. I understand it. We have to show them a little history video. We're though. getting to a point. We're getting to a point now, Mark, where we are going to hire full-time employees that weren't born when the Texans played their opening ooh, game. Ooh, we're very close. Maybe. I know there's I some interns, this. maybe, but it's pretty close. I'm going to find this out. This is interesting. Yeah. Because what are we? This year, we're 22 years. Mm -hmm. Oh, Johnny, we might be there already. We might have hired somebody who we're, wasn't born yet. Because I graduated college a little bit early. I was two months into my 21 after turning 21. Right. Because it was midway through my senior year. Long there story. might be somebody up there, there that might we've be. hired. Might oh, be. gosh. And so I understand it. That would be like asking me... How were the Beatles on the Ed Sullivan show? Right, well, I right. don't know. I was just born when they were on the Ed Sullivan show. Right. What was uh, what was Super Bowl three like? I don't know. I was born four years later. What I've was, seen all the videos. Where were you when Kennedy was shot? <laughs> <laughs> Kennedy was shot on. My, my mom tells a story. She was 11 years old. She had a birthday party and ended up getting canceled. Because, because Kennedy got shot. Yeah, because Kennedy got shot. She had oh, a birthday party. Okay. And my brother-in-law was born on that day, too. 
Oh wow! My mom's birthday. So you'll and never forget that day. Yeah, I'll never forget that day. Okay. Uh, for for numerous reasons. But tomorrow right. will be a BMW. Yes, and we will not forget that day. Oh, tomorrow, oh my point BMW was this though. Woodlands. We went on a tangent, and I am very guilty of going on tangents. Chester is really the original Iron Man, right? And John Weeks has all those games played, and he's he's the Texans Iron Man, the longest tenured Texan. Right. But even John will tell you. I mean, Chester's offensive line didn't the trenches. Guard, tackle mm-hmm. for all those years started opening day played forever and he was kind of look we are all used to jj watt arian foster doing the commercials and tv shows chester on the ellen show chester on the amazing race chester at a super bowl commercial yep. chester was the original so we're gonna have him on at bmw tomorrow he will be there so it'll be fun there you go chester yeah. gonna be out there with us as well, all right, let's get back to what we're doing. We're doing some over-unders. We hit a couple of offensive guys. Dalton Schultz, over-under 65 receptions this year. Damian Pierce, over-under 4.4 yards per carry. All right, let's flip it over to defense. And a guy that's got a little bit of recognition because of some videos that are out there, Jalen Waddell has said Jalen Petrie is up and coming. He is mm. the guy. Well, the Houstonians, they got each other's back, and I think that's, uh, that's pretty cool. So let's go to Jalen Petrie. Last year, he did miss some tackles. I don't think there's any question about that. He finished fifth in the AP Defensive Rookie of the Year voting. He finished with five interceptions last year. He had 147 tackles. So when you hear this number, your immediate thought is going to be, oh, no, 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 it's going to be more than that. But just I want you to think about this. Jalen Petrie over under tackles in 2023. I put the number at 125. Ooh. I say less under. I do too. Yeah, because the linebackers and the D-line, they're going to get more this year. Hopefully. Petrie had a lot of cleaning up to do. Hopefully. Yes. There's no question in my mind this is true. I would bet my house. No, I won't. <laughs> but <laughs> but <laughs> me, me, I am, I am very voice is driving off the road somewhere. What did he just <laughs> I am very confident that that front seven – they have so many options up there. Yeah. There are so many. People are asking me, who's going to play? Well, I could come up with three different scenarios for you that all have a good argument behind them based on a number of different things, right? About your starting front right. seven. Right. The way they're going to set it up. Whether And look, if they go nickel, we all know it's different. Sure. Uh, look, the bottom line is this relative to this over-under Petrie under 125 tackles, and that's a good thing. When your safety's racking up huge tackle numbers, that's not that good unless he's always in the box. You don't want that. You don't want to need to have that happen. So I say, gosh, he had 147, Johnny. I say under 125. Yeah, I'm with you too. There's part of me that hopes that it's that way. I just think the way they're going to play this defense, he's going to be a significant part. I wouldn't be surprised if it's over 100 tackles. I mean, look, 100 tackles is about six is less than six a game if you play 17 games, which he did. He did leave the Colts game second half ish time frame. Um, ended up, I think, being uh, evaluated for a concussion, but hopefully he's going to be okay from that. But he's got. I don't even want to say I want it to be under 125, Mark. It's got to be under 125. Do you, do you want a horrifying bit of information, oh a stat on how difficult it was for the Texans defense last year. Oh, God. Do I want to hear in this? In the top 24 numbers in tackles last year. In, in the league. In the league. Okay. Oh so, 
Alua Kuhn from the Jaguars, number one at 184. God, number good. 24 is Levante David at Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay at 124, right? Wow. Out of those 24 players, only two are not linebackers. <laughs> and I am going to give you the names. You already know one. It's Jalen Petrie. The other is Jonathan and, Owens. Yes. Those are the only two oh. players in the top 24 who are not linebackers. The two safeties for the Houston Texans. How many did J.O. Petrie. have? Was it 125? J.O. had 125 last year. That's 272. And that's not good. I mean, it's good that he got them. tackles for the safeties. For the safeties. Oh. That shows you how tough it was for the linebackers. Now, Kirksey's in there somewhere. Hang on. Kirksey's at 125, I think, as well. So, yeah, 124 for Kirksey. Well, I think there's going to be two things at work. One, hopefully you're going to have an offense that controls the ball a little bit better. Yeah. You're not going to face as many downs. So, hopefully that's one thing. Secondly, hopefully this year you'll be able to get a little bit of a lead. And in getting a lead, you're going to force a team to have to throw the ball a little bit more, which is going to get to my next number. I like that. Yeah, having lead. Look, we had leads last year. Yeah, it's true. We had leads How about last a double year. Double-digit Just- lead. I don't want to break anybody's, you know, blow anybody's mind here, but a double-digit lead would be awesome. We had one of those in week one. Oh, jeez, <laughs> didn't end well. Uh, okay. You know what? I was on board with the tie. I want to go on record. I'm changing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> We should have gone for it on fourth and three. Because we were that three. close to a sweep over the Colts. <laughs> should have gone for it on fourth and three. Could have gotten the sweep, Johnny. Oh, man, what if we did win that game? I, I understood Lovey at the time because I thought, we're not getting this fourth and three. Yeah. It just felt like everything yeah. had just stalled and was starting to go backwards on you, right? So I didn't feel any confidence in picking that up. However, if all you're going to get is a tie, eh. Yeah. And here's the other thing. If you miss the fourth and three... It doesn't guarantee the Colts are going to win the game anyway. Right, they might right. not be able to move it into field goal range. So there you have it. Yeah. All right. I've changed Change my mind, mind about something. Go yeah, ahead. I, I still don't think it was a bad thing. It wasn't I mean, the if worst you thing in the world. you walk out of there world. with a tie, the problem was the Nobody next felt- couple of weeks you had winnable games and you just right. down your Had you won those games? Well, actually, had you won against the Broncos and the Bears, you might be saying now or then after week three, well, you should have gone for the win. Look what happened. Yeah, two and one. Out, now yeah. you're two zero oh, and one. Let's go for it. Yeah. Anyway, That's whatever. True. Okay, let's stay on the defensive side. Now, okay. I just mentioned that hopefully this team being better, you'll get a lead that will force teams to have to throw a little bit, which maybe plays into this one. This is a combo of two players. It's two edge rushers. Jonathan Grenard, who, by the way, congratulations, JG. He's got a lot going on. Married. I think he's about to have a kid. Man. His Instagram has been nothing but showers and marriages and all kinds of stuff. Anyways, John Gennard plus Will Anderson sacks. Okay. Combined. Over, under. I'm setting the number. Ooh, it's a rich number. But when you hear it, you're like, eh. One guy has passed this on his own as a Texan one time long ago. The over, under for combined sacks between Jonathan Gennard and Will Anderson is 19.5. Under. 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 Really? Yeah, because they're going to rotate. I just think they're going to rotate guys in and out of there. Okay. And it, I think it's a lot to ask. I know it doesn't sound like it should be a lot to ask. One guy is, what did you say, 18.5? 19.5. Ooh. So somebody has 10, somebody has 9.5. Right. Say, Those are two pretty good years. Somebody gets over double digits. I think Renard is fully capable of getting over double digits for the first time in his career if he stays healthy. Right. 
but that's been a big if for him. So I have to factor health into this that's equation. Point, yeah. I think he could still have a hell of a year and not get to 10 sacks because he's part of a rotation at defensive end. They still have other players who can rush the passer. Yeah. You know, let's say Derek Rivers stays healthy. Jerry Hughes. Jerry Hughes is out there staying healthy and doing his thing as the old man in the sea. He's not that old. Sorry, Jerry. Old man in the sea. <laughs> I just felt like quoting a Hemingway title at this point of the show. But what if it's over? I mean, just can we dream for a second? What if it's over? If it's over, I think you one's really eleven, one's ten. On. They're combining for twenty-one sacks. I think they're going to get pass rush from all over the place too, and they're going to send Petrie, and they're going to do things like that. They're going to have sacks with so many different people, like you said, Petrie. They're they're going to be sacks for for people you just didn't even. Whoa, wow, he had a sack and a half this game. Yeah. Now Petrie had a few last year, um, but as the season wore on, he's playing more free safety than he was kind of down in the box, so he didn't have as many, but. I'm with you. I, I would go under on that. But, man, if they're over, if they're trending over, you know, 51, 52, you know, the fact they've got adjacent numbers, I mean, there's going to be some gonna be some cool things our digital team could do with that. But got to keep them healthy. That's the biggest thing. I, okay. Yeah, I'm going under because I think it's an ensemble cast. Yeah, I think front. it's under as well. All right. Tank Dell. We've mentioned Tank Dell. Maybe the hottest thing um, in this city. Everybody wants to know about Tank Dell, and maybe it's because – He's 5'6", 165. Wait, can I go back to the pass rush thing for a minute? Yeah. Just to point this out, I don't want people thinking I'm down on Will Anderson oh, because no. we didn't go over. No, 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 no. Mario Williams. I went under as well. How, how many sacks did Mario have in his first year? Four? Yeah, it was a – JJ had five. Right. All right, these are the two greatest pass rushers in the history of the franchise. Right. All right, they didn't get to – they didn't get over the halfway mark of the top. Of, I said that 10. number pretty high too. Yeah, and you said I mean, it very I said the high. Number pretty high. I think Will Will could have seven or eight and have it be a hell of a rookie start right. for him because he did other things and played the run well. And you're better as a core defensively and all of that. Anyway, go ahead. Okay, back to Tank Dell. He yeah. will not play defense that we know of. Although I will say, back in the day, when I was in. Uh, college we played Princeton Princeton had this receiver now when he played us he had over 400 yards receiving and set a division 1a one double a record against us in a game because we went bare front man-to-man the whole game and he just torched us anyways his name was Michael Lurch he was 5'6 he was 170 pounds at the end of the year Princeton decided you know what put him at pass rusher he's so fast and quick they can't block him in the last game of the Mm. year he ended up having two sacks against Columbia so maybe That's Tank Dell could athlete. do that, but I'm not worried about his sacks. I'm Pass worried rush. about I'm worried about Tank Dell catching the ball down the field. So Tank Dell over under catches of 20 plus yards. Mm. So 20 or more. Now I'm not I'm not uh, determining between catch and run or deep down the field. I'm just saying receptions 20 plus yards or more. Big plays, as they would call them. Some people say 25-plus. Some say 20-plus. Either way, six big plays through the air. Not reverse – excuse me, not reverses, not, you know, throws behind the line of scrimmage, not bubble screens that end up behind the line of scrimmage that turn into runs. I'm talking about six receptions of 20-plus yards or more as a rookie in 2023 over-under. I really want to go over with this. I do, too. I really do. Six out of 17 games, he plays at least 15. I would say over. I think he's going to get 20 by accident a lot. <laughs> Seriously. He's going to catch some at 10, and you know, all of a sudden it's, right. it's 25, right? Yep. That's not a lot to ask. I'm going to go over. Okay. I'm going to roll the dice on this one, too, and go over. And 
I really do believe that he'll be impossible to cover for so many DBs. Did you see that Richard Sherman cut? Yes. About Devontae Smith? Yeah. That, that was amazing. That's when he realized he was getting a little older. Right. And the way he described it, it was in a podcast, but I read the transcript, and it was, I'll paraphrase here, uh, Sherman's backing up, Smith does a comebacker, and Sherman says his groin went, snap, 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 snap. <laughs> yeah. And Devontae was so quick to get back to where he needed right. to be to catch the ball, and Sherman realized, you know, I just can't do that anymore. Yeah. I just can't compete with that. I think that Dell is going to make a lot of people feel that way this year. Yeah. He's so impossible to stay with. I think even for good DBs, this is going to be fun to watch, and I think he's going to have over six 20-plus yard pass plays. I think the 40-yard variety, because that's another stat layer, yeah. right? You go 20-plus, 40-plus. That's going to be the intriguing one to me. How many of those does he get? How many big bombs, big plays downfield? In that category, does he get? What's interesting is, remember when Will Fuller came here in 2016? Yeah. We all knew that's Will. That's yeah. Will's game. That's what he's going to do for this team. He is going to produce those throws down the field. Man, this is going to be huge. It's going to open things up. We were just a year off. Because in 2016, he didn't really have that. Right. You know, Brock would either overthrow him, or in a playoff game, he had it right in his hands for a touchdown. He mm. dropped it. So, it was the next year. It was when Deshaun came in that we started seeing all those with Will Fuller. Did so, that drop happen at New England? Yeah, the playoff game. Remember that? I mean, right down the middle of the playoff field. games at New England, two dropped surefire mm -hmm. touchdown receptions. Yep. yep. Don't get me started. Oh, I mean, it was right in his hand. He had him roasted, too. And Brock threw the best pass he could possibly have thrown, <laughs> the best throw he made all year long. The best, and it, and it got dropped. Uh, just for comparison's sake, last year, Justin Jefferson had 28 20-plus 20 yard receptions. Austin Eckler, as a running back, had four. So got to hope that Tank can have six. I, I'd like to go over that number as well. Okay, last one. And this was a little tricky because it's trying to figure out, okay, who's a regular starter or not, but you get the idea of a regular starter. Yeah. A guy that, you know, for the most part, we know he's a starter. Right. Regular starting rookies in 2023. Ooh. I'm setting the over-under at five. It's a rich number. All right. So we have Will. CJ. Yeah, of course. Scruggs. Dell. Do you get one more? Is Dell more? Is Dell a regular starter? I would say, yeah, enough packages, right? Right. Mm. It's a rich number at five. Does Dell play in the red zone when you're at, let's say you have first and goal at the seven. Is Dell in the game? And you're running so. it well. I would think so, yeah. Okay. The, the threat, especially if you're running it well, because what's a team going to do? You, let's say you come yeah, out with right. 11 right. personnel. Let's do it. You come out with 11 personnel, or say you come Put out with 12 in. personnel, and he's one of the receivers, mm -hmm. and you've been running it well. Well, you're probably going to get more of a base look. Well, now you're going to get him potentially matched up on somebody that he may not normally get matched up on. Yeah, I just think there are a lot there are a lot of advantages uh, with where Dell lines up and who he lines up next to. I think five's a little rich. I'm going to go under. I do think it's going to be four. That's, that's Wait, you had C.J. Will Scruggs Dell. I think it's going to be those three. Yeah, but you know who I think might get in this mix? Toa Toa. We're not careful. Well, Toa Toa, Xavier Hutchinson. Yeah, but we got to see that 
I it's too early for that. It's That's a, a training little, camp it's too early show. For that. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under. I could see Hutchinson doing really well at camp, and the fans go nuts for him, oh, and there's a clamor. There's, there's just a a swelling noise to get him in the starting lineup. <laughs> yes. He erupts in a preseason game in the second half, and it's, what are you doing? Yeah. we got to get him in there. And He's that might be the case. He's going to find I love way. that they have the gonna second and third way. leading receiver in the NCAA on their roster. I love that they have the second and third leading mm-hmm. receiver for the Dallas Cowboys on their roster yes. and the leading rusher for the Buffalo Bills on their roster. That's pretty strong stuff. Very nice. Very strong stuff. Mark, nice job. All right, we get back. We'll go around the NFL, a few storylines hitting as we speak right here in the NFL. We'll do that next on Texans All Access. What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to a Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am John Harris. Glad to be with you as I am each and every Monday as my phone falls on the floor. Sorry about that. Appreciate you guys being here. Again, reminder, tomorrow night out at BMW of the Woodlands. Mark and I out and about remote style live 6 to 7. We've got Chester Pitts with us. We'll also have Texas cheerleaders. Uh, I'm sure CP will be signing autographs. Shoot, if you want me to sign something, I'll sign something, but I don't want to ruin anything for you. We got tickets, HEB gift cards, all that kind of good stuff uh, on the way. So BMW of the Woodlands, 6 to 7 tomorrow night. And then I got to bail out of there because I got to go to Big 12 Media Days in the morning or maybe that night. I haven't decided yet. I haven't decided what I'm doing. I haven't decided I'm going night, stay, or go in the morning. Either way, headed to Dallas uh, this week for Media Days on Wednesday and Thursday. So. Uh, but I'll be back. I'll be on radio. We'll be all good, ready to go. Uh, a few things around the NFL. Jim Irsay spoke. Uh, that's not always a good thing for those in Indianapolis. But he did say Jonathan Taylor is all ready to go. And he said Shaquille Leonard is getting better each day. If the Colts have a must this year, yes, Anthony Richardson has to hit. But those two guys have to be healthy and ready to go. Javante Williams of the Denver Broncos, it appears – that he will be a full participant day one at training camp. And if the Broncos um, needed good news, they got it with that right there. That's going to be huge for the Broncos to get Javante Williams back. I think he is the best offensive player the Broncos have. We'll see what Sean Payton's able to do with him. Can you use him Alvin Kamara style? Not totally, but pretty close. Javante's got those sort of skills. So when the Texans gear up for the Broncos – Oh, man, Javante Williams is going to be a guy they're going to have to tangle with, no doubt. All right, we're going to see you tomorrow out at BMW The Woodlands, so check us out over there. Um, if you can't make it, well, just listen to the show right here on Sports Radio 610, the Odyssey app. Appreciate you guys being here. Big thanks to Mark. Glad the two of us are back together. Glad you guys are here. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. And as always, go Texans.